Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the World's Greatest Podcast. It is of course, that's the way the cookie crumbles. We are back as a threesome, me, Stan and Jim, back. Episode 198, we're very close to our 200th that lads. We are, get in there and when you get there we shall. We shall indeed, so keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll do something special for the birthday app. And Stan... We hate to say it, we've been here very much before. The PGMOL have apologised yet again. But as Justin Bieber said, Stan, is it too late to say sorry now? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. This one might be the, ho- the, the horse. The horse that breaks the camel's back, I nearly said. The horse probably would. The straw that breaks the camel's back. I think this might... This may be... Uh, one too far I think with the <clears throat> the high stakes this game I think the fact that it was televised I think you see a lot of VAR mistakes on the three o'clock but because they're not televised obviously they don't get anywhere near as much coverage uh, we know there was two reds in the game and, and the fact that it was a last minute winner going against the team that were that felt very aggrieved and rightly aggrieved um, you know I, th- I think that this could be the one that um, has just gone too far especially with Liverpool's um, aggressive statement, I would say. Um, Stan, what decision are we talking about here? Oh, sorry, I, I didn't even say. I just assumed. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. So it's the Luis Diaz goal that wasn't a goal that VAR thought was a goal, and the ref thought was offside, uh, and they both agreed that the decision was correct. Uh, VAR thinking they meant it was a goal, and the referee thinking that they meant they were correct that they were offside. So a complete cock up, complete misunderstanding of the on-field decision is what VAR said, uh, and they did come out almost immediately within the hour of the game finishing, apologising. So, and then to add on top of that, we had Curtis Jones getting a red card um, for a traditional uh, follow through, as we've said, which is one of my least favourite terms in football, especially when you're trying to get the ball, because I don't know how you stop yourself, but it was a classic follow-through where he's gone to control the ball, he has gone over the ball and he's made full contact with Basuma's leg uh, and they just get given, you know. I've seen some people saying they want common, common sense applied, but they've never done it before, so why would they do it now? And I don't think anybody was surprised that that yellow got upgraded to a red and then Jota were lucky to get booked in the first instance, but when you know you're on a booking, you can't do what he did and, and just slidey doggy uh, literally was it like four or five minutes later Liverpool had nine men and, and Joel Matip sticks the ball into his top corner in pretty much the last kick of the game so not a great day for Liverpool uh, but yeah going back I do think that PGMOL apology to Diaz uh, with Liverpool's statement pretty much 24 hours later so it wasn't instant from Liverpool it was quite uh, you'd think that maybe they've, they've had a think and they've, they've calculated exactly what they want to say and it was still quite uh, aggressive in its tone, mm. I would say. So, um, could could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. This this could really be the one that, that invokes huge change in VAR. What those changes are, I don't know. Um, will it be personnel? Will it be rules? Will it be introducing challenges or more control for teams to ask for reviews? Or is it just the ref goes straight to the screen rather than you just asking somebody should they? I, I don't know, but I do think with the publicity this has got, like I say, uh, with the two teams involved and, and the statements, the apologies, official apologies, I think something has to change. It does, but great finish from Matip. We've just seen it then on Match of the Day. We did, yeah. It was a great yeah. finish. And Jim, a little bit about Spurs before we di- delve back into the VAR stuff. Do you think they were lucky to come away with the win here? Because to me, it looked like they'd run out of ideas for a lot of this game. 
the way the goal came about, yeah, like you just said, Matip just fucking thundering <laughs> into it, wasn't it? Great finisher, like you just said. Oh, this game breaker. Um, but yeah, I thought Liverpool just one of them teams where they play better. With like the less the less smart people they have, they play better. I think it's that like backs against the wall mentality in it that um, everyone against us is working out well from all season, and um, I think the way Spurs play as well, they usually kind of like to invite teams onto them. And obviously, when you've got nine men, you're definitely not going to be venturing out into their half. So. They said it in commentary a few times and they did not got the players wide enough. Spurs didn't really know what to do. Allison made a few good saves in fairness and I think overall, like Spurs did deserve to win. He came out of in a very fortunate way, but equally I thought Liverpool played well again. He was probably gonna be if they got a result there, it would have been one of the best performances all season. That second only two Liverpool's weren't Newcastle in similar circumstances when they get a, a red that they thought was contentious at the time and they play a good side away from home and did they do that? But yeah, Spurs in fairness to them now is that the second they beat Sheffield United didn't they last week? Uh, last minute or was that a week before? A couple of weeks. It was Newcastle slapped them last week. I think it was yeah. Pre- pre- yeah, it was a few weeks, weeks ago. Yeah, weeks, yeah, but, yeah. but there's two things that have happened that are not very Spursy. So that's big for our Postecoglou. I think changing things around. They've obviously not been beaten yet. But the way they beat Sheffield United and the way they beat Liverpool in the dying minutes is something that didn't go in Spurs' favour previously. Yeah, although, although I didn't realise, but they've had to do it against uh, 10 or 9 men in both of those occasions. So it'll be interesting to see whether they can get that late goal against uh, an 11 uh, that, is, that he's sat in. But you know, Spurs, for the home team, uh, they should have won, especially when, you know, considering I think Jota was sent off in the 17th minute or something, making it... Um, nine men uh, for 20 minutes of a game and you know I, I don't care who you are you can be Simeone's prime Atleti Madrid and even if there were sat nine men against you Liverpool were sat in a five and a three for the last 20 minutes uh, you've got to score a goal I, I don't care what what side you are uh, you're playing anybody's playing anybody with nine men for 20 minutes in the Premier League uh, I think you should be going on and winning the game so Spurs did I can't beat the, I can't you know, knock them for it. They, they probably would have liked to have done it in more convincing circumstances, but the fact is that they got three points, and I think it was a huge three points, and, you know, uh, especially with, with City losing, uh, and, and obviously Liverpool losing with them beating them, it's, you know, three points that pushes them, pushes them up the table to second, so uh, who knows? Uh, maybe the Lily Whites will lift the Premier League this season. <laughs> <laughs> Next fucking joke, Stan. Well, Stan... Nice little segue. You'd think they won the Premier League the way they were celebrating against the nine men. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, yeah, it, it was. It, Get a fucking grip. I, I, I enjoy a Liverpool loss and Liverpool last minute, you know, and, and meltdown, whatever you want to call it, as much as the next man. But it was a little, it was a little bit, all right, c- c- calm down. You know, I, I don't mind jumping into the crowd. It's a last minute goal against anybody. Fine. Take your top off. Whatever. He, heat of the moment. Heat of the moment. But it, it's just, it's when Basuma started walking around with his kid. 10 minutes after the winning goal had gone in, I was a bit like, teams tend to do that on the last day of the season when they've also just lifted the Premier League title, not when they've just beat nine men, uh, you know, after 20 minutes of having a two-man advantage. But it's good feelings for Spurs, and like I said to you last week, Cook, and we might laugh, but I did see Liverpool fans uh, saying, look, people are laughing at Spurs for absolutely buzzing uh, in moments where maybe you shouldn't be as buzzing as they are. Uh, just like Liverpool against West Brom when they came from 2-0 down. But it's all about creating that team uh, you know, that team bond, that bond with the fans and creating that momentum. And if Spurs go on and do something 
brilliant this season, uh, or brilliant for them, which would literally just be winning any trophy. Um, and they could say that these moments and those celebrations after these games were were worth it and probably led to that. So, um, but yeah, from from Liverpool's point of view, they've now uh, they're going to appeal Jones's red card, which I don't think would ever get overturned if the PGMOL hadn't had to apologise. So I can definitely see them overturning that, which would be classic two wrongs to make a right VAR uh, or referee decision. How many times do we see the ref make a wrong decision and then make another wrong decision later to equal it out? Uh, this would be a retrospective wrong decision, I think, to, to rule uh, Jones's red card as not one, considering how many times do we see player follow-throughs cut. You mentioned Gusto was the same last week. I think every single one of us can name a point when a player's slid and gone through, caught somebody on the shin and the ref sent him off. And we all know as lads who's played football that if you slide into a tackle or whatever, you can't stop yourself from not following through sometimes, but they, yeah. don't, see, they don't apply common sense. We don't have breaks, then. We don't. You can't slide <laughs> and stop as soon as you've won the ball. You, you're going to clatter into someone. You know that, yeah. That's how it is. And but, that's this utopian world that people think that we live in. Yeah, where you can do that. Which, which is why, f- which mad. is why for me, the term "follow through" in modern football is one of the most ridiculous statements you can ever have in terms of tackling. Because how do you not sometimes? Exactly. But anyway, yeah. uh, I'm sure Liverpool fans will agree with me in that sense, and I would agree with them as well. If if it was up to me, those types of challenges wouldn't be red cards, but they are. So we had to go. But like I say, with, with the PGMOL apology. Uh, which is number, is it seven or eight or something since VAR was introduced? Yeah. Uh, official PGMOL apology. Second this season. Second this season already. Uh, and we're what, game week? Second of October. Game week six, game week seven. <laughs> They've made two official apologies. And we're very, they're very right to feel hard done by the Liverpool A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was bordering on conspiracy, like some of the stuff that was going against my thought. I know you're saying it's a red card, but I just thought it was a harsh one again that's going against Liverpool. So early on, that's ruined a big game. It didn't ruin a big game because a lot happened, so it's quite, it was still quite good to watch. But yeah, the the offside that you obviously started the pod with, it's just I know it's like another VAR decision that I was talking about, and it's pretty boring to just keep going over and over it again. But this is a decision, the way it's been made, it's just unprecedented. It's just like bizarre circumstances were, like what were they doing in the VAR room as well? I don't know. Like I know they pull asked for audio. But I want fucking video because, like, I think true, actually. They, they, they mustn't have been watching. The, the only explanation is they're not watching because why, when as soon as they look at the screen, they look, go, oh yeah, offside flags up, and oh yeah, Diaz isn't celebrating anymore, and oh yeah, Spurs are taking a free kick, why can't I just go, yeah, Anthony, that was actually a goal, you know, just like, don't let them take that free kick, let's just put a goal on. Yeah, like, just, what, just touch your ear. Like, why not? The only explanation, other than conspiracy from that, is like, they genuinely just weren't watching. But then they were watching because they said it was... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just like, you yeah. can't even describe, like, what has happened. So yeah, I do it's... think, even though Liverpool asking for this audio footage isn't going to get them anywhere, ultimately, it does actually need to be done because they, you can't just say it's a human mistake because how does that mistake happen? How do you I miss think, that? It's a cop-out, yeah. isn't it? Like, I, think, how, yeah. I, I think it's like what we said before. You need live uh, audio. It, it needs to... Maybe not in the stadium, that might be too much, but... Uh, at least, if it's televised, it's on telly. Or even if it's not, when, whenever it's a VR decision, we you can hear them uh, yeah. one way or another, whether that's commentators or viewers at home. Or uh, if they really don't want to let them hear our voices, why can't Sky have that audio? Because yeah. never will say money like that at the end of the game, saying, oh, it just came up on our screen, saying like, the VR, saying like, there's no VR line or something. Like, he had no idea what was happening. Yeah. No, he, he doesn't have no idea what's happening in football at best time. But <laughs> I think, like, if he can get that across to the the viewer, what's happening, then we can all go. Yeah. 
like we know what's going on. He, he was maintaining throughout it though, Neville. He was like, something's not right here. He was like, even with the Jones thing, he was like, oh, I'm not sure. Well, I think everyone who's seen the offside was like, that's not offside. And yeah. then the fact that it took like 20 seconds was like, well, that's weird because it never takes that quick. That and the, the VAR thing that a lot of people had a lot of gripes with is they showed the referee just the actual slow-mo of Jones stamping on Basuma, but he didn't show the ref him actually rolling over the ball. That was a big well, that, thing that's, as well. Well, that's a problem. And that's, that's silly. That's Yeah, but that's not something that we've only seen in this game, is it? I mean, again, I'll refer to my team, but the Casemiro still image. His foot yeah. is over the ball and it looks like it's going straight into Alcaraz's leg. When what really happened is he won the ball, his foot bounced up off the ball and scraped his shin. But because of the still image, was pretty much like Jones's is there, bang straight on his leg, and they haven't shown any of the build up or literally five seconds, two seconds before, two seconds after to get a full picture. They don't. They they seem to screenshot it at the worst possible moment of contact. Um. So, but I I I don't know how they fix it. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they overturn that basically as an apology. For fucking up as, as bad as he did. I mean, I enjoy how uh, you look at some of the was it? It's either seven, eight, nine, something like that. We're approaching double figures of official PGMOL apologies. Anyway, I'm sure it's seven. Um, yeah, like but some of the reasonings are, are, are just ridiculous. I mean, this one just VAR thinking the ref gave a goal and the ref giving an offside and them going check complete and just having literal opposites uh, decisions by the end of it. It's just mental. I mean, going down to there was one against doors. Luca, Luca Dean, you scored a free kick and they apologised because the ref put the wall three yards further back than he should have. Like how how basic can you set a wall ten yards back? Like sorry, yeah, we yeah we probably should have given a foul for Onana punching Kaladzic in the head, but That's the you know, ball, so, so, I mean, so, sorry about that. Doing ten on those, but then. well, it's exactly cop out that wall. But it is. But I'll anyway. go. I'll go back to the other week. Everton, Sheffield United. The referee sprayed it. The wall moved forward yeah. and he just sprayed it in front of where the wall was and was like, please just take it. I That's, can't be asked. I think ultimately, like, before we move on, it's just that we've got to a point now where if that offside, if if, if, Spurs was, if Liverpool had scored that goal and he was onside, they wouldn't have given it. But we had no VAR and we never knew VAR was a thing. Yeah. We'd have all just gone, oh, that was onside. Linesman's fucked it. Yeah. And we kind of, we more about it and go, oh, this shit, aren't they? But there's never this massive inquest about it. Like, and at the start, it promised, like, perfection, didn't it? But let's face it, they are promised it would get rid of all these contentious decisions and this pub talk of decisions going one way or the other. But actually, it's gone like the complete opposite. There's yeah. more and more every week, so are we just better off about it? Yeah, and just as we're moving on, uh, it came out the other day how much these refs and VAR are on. Like, so the minimum that a Prem ref is on is 120 grand a year, so as much as a surgeon. And then the highest that someone on is three hundred k a year, Easy. and they can't do the basics. I think yeah, not. surgeons don't get called fat knobbers. They'll do they join the job. Well, depends who you're operating. I mean, Tourette's. You're having open brain surgery. You're right for that one, Jim. Tourette's. Uh, Tourette's surgeons, mate. Um, <laughs> no, I mean just to finish off though, but basically what Jim said, Ian Ladyman tweeted, and I think this is spot on. I don't think you'll find any footy fan that doesn't agree with it. Five years ago, Jones stays on, and the goal is disallowed. We go to the pub, moan and go home, but the great lie of VAR was that we get perfection and that it would rid football of all human failings. It hasn't. Now we have big clubs issuing statements of vague intent towards PGMOL. Nobody wins. Yeah, there we go. We, we, we probably get something... Probably get Spurs fans going, oh, John should have been sent off and Liverpool fans going, well, yeah, Segal should have counted. And they yeah, and, and that's and it. Go, it's, ah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's classic, isn't it? And Yeah. I would say it levels... Sorry, just final thing. I would say it levels it out, but it doesn't because there's no... There's, <laughs> 
you might get a penalty against you for one form of handball one week and think, well, we'll get that next week and the same thing oh, happens. we'll speak about that. The same thing happens <laughs> against you two weeks later and you don't. So is it? can you even say it levels it out anymore? But that moves us on nicely to Brentford. It does, mate. It does, doesn't it? Great so, segue, that. Um, Brentford, Nottingham Forest, 1-1. Another red card in this one, which uh, Forest definitely could have had any arguments about. It was a crunching tackle for his first and... Bit of an unfortunate stamp on the Achilles after a bit of a scramble, nobody really knowing where the ball was, but definite second yellow for Neocarte and he had to go, but the talking points from this game were the two clear uh, penalties that Brentford should have had pretty much either side of half-time. Um, one of them being, uh, I think it was Norgard heading it down uh, and Dominguez's arm was... Literally pointing to the stars like he was finishing summer nights uh, at, a, at a Greece tribute act. Um, Dominguez heads it at his arm, and the answer from VAR was that he was actually too close. But my question to VAR would be, well, would his hand be too close if his hand wasn't fucking there in the first place? Because it shouldn't be. So that's a penalty. If that's not an unnatural position, or even if accidental, it doesn't matter. He's taking a risk of it hitting his arm, which is what the rules of handball say why is his hand up there well the the, the, the words in, in it says even if it's unnatural uh, even if it's accidental unnatural position or you take unnecessary risk that it hits your hand and all three of those boxes were ticked for Dominguez <coughs> and they just said it was too close that was incorrect and guess who scored the equaliser for Nottingham Forest yes Chris Wood uh, no Dominguez ah. uh, Mark Flecken <laughs> Mark Flecken forgetting how far away from his goal was um, is it safe to say we think he's shit stunned? Uh, he's definitely up there with uh, Charlie Daniels for worst ever Premier League player. What about that Leicester keeper last year? Was oh, it Ward? Uh, Ward, Ward, no, Ward was crap as well. Yeah, no, Ward, Ward wasn't great. He was shocking, we did redeem himself. The redeemer. Yeah, and then the second one, um, what's his name? Turner takes ages on the ball. He was doing it pretty much all, all the game, takes ages on the ball, poor touch. Visser almost capitalises, nicking it away from him. And Turner, he went to whack the ball, uh, whacks Visser instead. Uh, completely takes him out, but because Visser doesn't make a meal of it and gets up thinking he might be able to you know, tap it in the net before it's cleared, VAR does a half ass check and goes, now we're not giving it. Uh, and again, clear as day. I don't understand what else a striker has to do. Turner's nowhere near the ball and he just boots the striker, the striker falls over. But the only reason I reckon they might not have given a penalty is because he doesn't make a meal out of it, which is just punishing... Honest work from players, but Brentford should have had two penalties and, and they, they should have had three points. So, yeah, um, yeah crazy. A again, and next week, somebody will put their arm up on a corner, somebody will head it against the hand and it won't be Michael Oliver on VAR and they'll get a penalty and it'll probably be against Brentford. Uh, that, that's the way it seems to be going this season. That's the way a cookie crumbles. It's ah. very true. And Jim, what, another thing that went against Brentford that isn't anything to do with VAR. You're a Brentford fan. Um, I do like Brentford. Uh, I felt sorry for them uh, a lot more than I did Liverpool this oh, weekend. Uh, do you know who assisted? Dem well, Dominguez scored, who was the guy who was handballed. Toffee. He was singing Reach for the yeah, Stat. Yeah, I want to be... Well, why is it... What, someone said, well, why is he playing? It was. Well... Dominguez was singing Reach for the Stars by S Club 7 in his head on a corner. Good uh, tune. Actually, yeah. He scored the equaliser from a Harry Toffolo cross yeah, it was kind of nice, who's man. got a five-month suspended uh, sentence for gambling, which means I he mean, can play. I wish I had that. But from the well, I'm sure Brentford wish they, their striker, again, Brentford, they didn't have Ivan Tony. 
I reckon he wished Ivan Tony's was suspended. Uh, they might have won the game and he might he probably would have scored those two penalties as well. Um so I reckon I reckon Sound um, like Alma Fudd then. Alma Fudd. I wabbit. Um oh, I would, I would. So yeah, not not great for Brentford. They should have had two penalties. The goal scorer handballed it, and the guy who made the assist his his uh, and he was sentence, down it as well. Too. His sentence. Assist well, anytime, there you go. Score assist. You would. Uh, nobody has to guess his favourite High School Musical two song. <laughs> it's bat on it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, a weapon. Anyway, yeah, classic. <laughs> yeah, bit bit of a weird one, really. Like the decisions this weekend, we probably fought after that Liverpool game. It can't get any worse than this, can it? Oh, yeah. And then and then we see this Forest game, Jim. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna lie. I was I was watching NFL, but yeah, yeah. I, I have seen, I have seen the decision. Uh, yeah, shocking. I mean, that that reminds me of um, Dominguez scoring the, and it's no excuse for say his terrible performance, but the Korean guy um, who scored the winner, as Pep, as Pep dubbed him. I mean, he had the most clear second yellow tackle in the first half that you've ever seen, <laughs> because Walker just gets off like like Wister did. Just get no yellow, then obviously he scores. So, yeah, that seems to be the case, isn't it? Um, and this, this is a problem. This is what I say. You think it levels it out, you think you'll be all right, but but it isn't. I mean, you can pull up penalties given for what Dominguez did from from even probably this season. Uh, I don't think anybody really knows the handball rule anymore. In fact, Steve Cooper after the game, they asked him and he said, "I honestly can't comment because I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it should have been." He said, Dominguez, he said, we might have got away with one, I don't know. He said, I was watching uh, the the North London derby last week. I personally, he was saying, I didn't think the Romero one was and it got given, but he's seen ones similar to that that haven't been. So, well, I, I, I don't know what, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to cover it, but United should have had a penalty against Crystal Palace for handball. Doesn't cover our poor performance, but Ward is just chose to not look at where the ball's coming from and has his hand out. And again, unnecessary risk that it hits your hand. Well, yeah, he turned around and didn't face it. And even if accidental, it was accidental, but it says even if... So again, uh, next week, there'll probably be a penalty for the same thing. Uh, or City uh, Ale. Potentially. Well, <laughs> if it's Darren England, he's, he's uh, doing Man. doing games in the UAE, but that's 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 another... Uh, Darren a top, UAE? A top, like. a top, well, oh. Darren UAE. That's top. That's top for another time. Um, Get rid of a lot of them. How 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 many? (laughs) No comment. How how many how many times have we said on on this podcast we just don't know the rules and we don't know what what VAR is gonna say? I mean, you know, the amount of times you're watching and going, nah, they won't give a penalty for that, and then they go to the screen and they you watch it and go, that's clearly a red card, and they go, no, we stay with the yellow. I mean, look. Most of us have watched football for 20 years. Gary Neville has said it himself. He doesn't know what they're going to do and he's played it and watched it for 40, 50 years or however old he is. So it's crazy. It's, 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 it's mad times. It probably is. I bet he's, bet, he's, bet he's late 40s now, Neville. Before we wrap up, by the way, I just want to... I don't know if everyone's quite seen, but... That, I know it's possibly a poor game, but do you see that bed that that lad was on? Oh, the, nine grand. Yeah, I did. He was just oh, an anytime like, Diaz goal. three bookings and two scorers, and the fucking Diaz goal let him down. Yeah, he tweeted oh, James oh. Madison saying, listen, lad, have a, have a whip around it, change room, get this paid out for us. Yeah, that <laughs> is. Me. That is. That's a sick of that. Somebody's not looking out for you, though. I'd, I'd be tough. You've upset that. somebody. Yeah, I'd be going I'd be nine arches and not the fuck. <laughs> I'd be bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh God! I'd be splattered on. Self-exclude. I'd be splattered at Junction Twenty Three somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> Speaking of things we reckon, Stan, I reckon Ollie Watkins is in mad form at the minute. He's got a hat trick in this game, seven goal involvements in seven Premier League games for the villains. Well, Villa are, are so strong at home. We know that from last season anyway. It's pretty much the home form that got them into the European competition. I mean, you're just saying there were three games at home, uh, they've won all three, and they've got a goal difference of plus 11. Uh, they've only conceded twice. So, six against a Brighton side here, we've only lost once. Uh, before this all season against a, a very very good West Ham performance at the Amex, uh, you know this this wasn't just a win it was it was a battering really so uh, Villa need to be need to be really really happy with what they've done uh, really solid team um, it's just whether they can keep it up as we've said uh, a number of times can they keep it up how seriously will they take the Conference League uh, and can they do the Thursday Sundays but. For the moment, you know they they look really good. You look at the team, and you know it's 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 as strong as pretty much anybody's outside of the outside of the big six. Uh, you've got Diaby and Watkins. You've got John McGinn, who, who I think is so good. Douglas Suiz scored again. Uh, Zaniolo's come in, and then you've got the likes of Cash and Dina, uh, Martinez, Concer, Torres. You know it's as good a back four you'll see outside of the big six. So, you know, uh, saying all this, they'll go away to Luton next week or something and get beats, but. Um, yeah, Villa, Villa are really impressive. Uh, like I say, you know the home form showing it, but you'd bat them against almost anybody at home to, to get a point, if not all three. So um, disappointing for Brighton. You've got back to back losses, Cook. I'll, I'll let you lead this one because you can say one of the losses and be positive about it. So yeah, it's always it's always good to see these um, have a bit of a reality check for me because they have rinsed us for so much money. Uh, <laughs> Cucurella being the main one, but yeah, Jim. I'd three... say you go into their office though. In fairness, hey, don't ask, don't get. <laughs> don't ask, you don't get. But yeah, Jim, they've lost three of the last four in yeah. three different competitions. They lost to AKA Athens. Oh, at what an header from that fella. <laughs> that fella. Did you see it? Was it no goal though? That no. tackle? Larry opened the scoring for Athens, scored a fucking bullet header. Remind me of Gabriel Hines in like 2010. That oh, was at. You um, mean Gibral Sadibe? Yes. Everton? Yes. That was at Villa. Oh no, that was at Brighton, wasn't it? Brighton, sorry. Yeah, it was. So they lost the first Europa League game, then they beat Bournemouth 3-1 at home, lost to Chelsea 1-0 at Stamford Bridge, and then got demolished 6-1. Jim, do you think yes. Deserby is maybe rotating a little bit too much here, especially with the goalkeepers, or do you reckon he's using his squad as best he can, really? Because he's got some big fixtures up next, as Stan's rightfully pointed out Yeah, they are, they are getting harder. So Marseille away. A player, I know West opinion, he's getting that team, especially after that own goal. Stad, Stad Velodrome away, not a cauldron, some would say, Marseille away, and then they've got Liverpool and City back to back in the league, either side of the international break. Yeah. Then Ajax at home. Yeah, Ajax aren't doing great at the moment. You manage about Johnny Heitinger. It's a tough group they've got. Um, but I think, in terms of rotating your goalways, I don't really get it, because um, they've done it quite well, you don't really know who's starting. And yeah. I know Arteta's kind of. For Bruggen and Steele, isn't it? Version on the similar at Arsenal, and there might be something in it, but. I think in terms of what he's doing with his eleven, I don't think there's much else he can do. I mean, he had a, his squad's not massive for four competitions, is it? So it's a decent squad, but for four competitions, it's not. So yeah, there's not much he can do. I mean, probably the best thing for him is to get out of the Carabao Cup, weirdly, um, because European football for them is, is massive. That's what they want to focus on. I know they've lost that first game. I imagine they'll want to run, and the fans will be thinking the same. Premier League, they're just trying to get back into Europe, aren't they? And yeah. Yeah, and Seasold's got injured. Um, 
Pascal got, Gross injured as well. Yeah, they, they just got it. I think well, they've they did lost, the best they they've can. Lost, they've so lost the midfield. Right? And I, I quite like how they just trust in. They had that. I don't know his name, but they had an 18 year old and they started in midfield this one. I don't know. It didn't go well this Pencilwood. Yeah, Jack but Pencilwood. he's happy to start the academy lads, and I think that'll be big from this season. They'll have to find some even. They'll find even more gems as they continue to get um, fleeced by the big boys. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a weird one for Brighton, and I, I think. If if they just get back in Europe, I think that'll be a that'll successful be season for them. Be, even, form, be, even, even if it's better conference, it'd be even better than last season because they've got Europe this year. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think it's the same for both these. If they've not got the biggest squads in the league, and they've added Thursday nights to their uh, to their calendar, so I think Villa, Brighton, you know, either of them would be happy with with finishing in the top seven this season, uh, and I, I wouldn't back against either to be honest. Uh, with with how both of them have started, I know Brighton got slapped, but you know you'd expect them to turn it round and maybe even get a result against Liverpool or City. That that wouldn't surprise you with how the Premier League is. So um, yeah, I think they'll both be fine. They're um, they're susceptible to a hiding, aren't they, Brighton? Every now and then, I think was it Everton last season near the end of the season? Was it five one? It was like four that. or five yeah. one at home. Well, I think both it, them so. and Villa have shown this season they both can beat what five one and six one. And they just continue to play their own game, despite what's happening. I like that, though. Which is the sign of a team that respects its coach and is coached well. It weirdly, when they get battered, yeah. they just go, but we're still going to play this way because it's worked before. This is just well, a game, isn't it? I saw he's been shortlisted for the Real Madrid management position, Roberto De Zerbi, last week, oh, really? which will be big. And quickly, not scheduled on the pod, but lads, quickly, who do we think is going to finish higher out of these two teams? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. It's not scheduled. Oh, come on. Oh, God. Uh, uh, one. Brighton, yeah, I think they'll go out the Europa League sooner than Villa go out the Europa Conference. Is is my only call. Quite that's, like that. That's the only reason why. I think they'll have more free midweeks come March, April. Oh yeah, no Villa for me. Um, Deciding vote for me. I'm gonna go Villa. Fuck Brighton. On goal difference by five because of that game. Adam Lallana on goal last eight season. Oh. Any retires. Oh, that would be upsetting, that. In the pocket. Adam Liliana. Jim, something else that was upsetting. Yeah. We have to talk about it, unfortunately. Man City, they were they flawless. They were flawless up until they went to the Black Country, up until they went to yeah. Wolverhampton. Gary O'Neill, big win. And that Korean guy scored, as Pep liked to say. Yeah. <laughs> Pep was watching from the stands, of course. Um, after he's Didn't have his readers on. No, Why? He had a free, free yellow stand. Free lemons makes a straw. In this game. Oh, does it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For referees? Yeah, yeah, for refs. Oh, right, okay. Um, Already enough lemons there. He was there. Is there a post on? Yeah, no, there's nothing much to say. Maybe we should book City refs. Shit. Sorry. Ooh. Just a thought. Carry on. I'd bet on it. Anyway, Wolves were a good, good value for this, actually, I thought. I thought they defended well. Didn't give City much. Um, Neto, who I thought was excellent against Liverpool. Did was... you used to think Neto's shop was excellent? No, 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 terrible. Um, Scrubbers? And, yeah, 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 they had one else down. And Yellow bags? I, I, Tom, I've never lived yeah. near, but they did watch. <laughs> they filmed Heroes outside of Neto once. Oh, did they? In Elstown. I've never lived near Elstown, but I know where that is. Oh, right. Um, but Neto and, is playing well. Heroes? Yeah. Jim, just tell me. Jim, Heroes? Peter Petrelli? I thought you meant the chocolate. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm being serious. Peter Petrelli, I don't know what you're on. All that, well, they all had superpowers and all that. Yeah. No? Not Dream Team, no. Uh, no <laughs> celebrations. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jim. Do yeah. do do carry on. Um, Pedro Neto. Pedro Neto. Neto, good player, strong dribbler. I mean, Ake had a shock this one, and he showed Ake his ass for the goal. Diaz just watched into his own net. Cheers, cheers, Diaz. 
It's a great um, run by uh, Yellow Bagnetta. Yeah, so he's got that in there. I thought he'd like against Liverpool. Um, Nunez's homecoming didn't go as planned, got subbed off at half time. Uh, the main takeaway from this game and the loss against Newcastle is that Calvin Phillips should probably just fuck off back to Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never, I've, and I've, and I've seriously never been one to like, I've never hated my own players or just like my own players because I've seen some shit at City, but I just like accept it. They just are players. But the fact that he just walks around smiling and laughing, he, he's genuinely not asked. Against Newcastle, he was shite. He, he, he couldn't run. And this is how far down the pecking order is at City. So we've got Kovacic just come back from an injury. He couldn't play the full 90 because he's literally just come back. He was holding as well, wasn't he? Yeah, so Rodri, who's suspended, um, he played... So for one, he played Kovacic and Nunes in midfield together for the first time. Like, no deep either, just because that's how much he doesn't trust Carlin Phillips. And then he was going that bad for Nunes. He thought he needs to change something here. He looks at his bench and he's got literally one midfielder on there. That's not Carlin Phillips. And Oscar Bob comes on and plays midfield. Footy manager legend. That that's how far down. I think if Guardiola could play himself against Arsenal, I feel like he would. Yeah. And do you know what? He'd probably be fucking better. Well, did you see what he said? I don't know. Bielsa, he, yeah, he, he, he said he can't get. Yeah, I think he looks good for England as well. Do you think it? he's admitting defeat there though by saying that about Bielsa, or do you think he's just like, I need a reaction from your lad? Like, come on. I don't. It, it, honestly, it's something that only they'll know behind close all the because fans haven't seen much to, enough of it. I know Camp has been shit the last two games, but. Over his City career, if there's a career as a thing, he's got more trophies than game started at this point. You can't really judge it because he's not been given a chance. But yeah. there's obviously a reason because every time he comes on, he looks like he can't even run. Never mind, do anything with the ball. And it's weird that he'll go for England and play completely opposite. And then at Leeds, he was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, like, what's happened? It's a weird one. I, th- I think genuinely, and Stan, you, c- you can agree with me or disagree with me, I think he ends up somewhere like Villa at the end of next season after the Euros is done. I've seen Arsenal want to get him to improve the midfield. Liverpool, 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 Liverpool want about having him on loan, <laughs> wouldn't they? It must just be his name at this point. I mean, his name's not got too much weight, I suppose. He's got a couple of good tournaments for England. Well, yeah, according yeah. to Pep. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I like Calvin, but I, I honestly, I do, and I'm sure I didn't want to give up on him, but I don't. He's finished. I, 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 think, I, I think his time at City is finished. I, I think, I think. Well, did it even start to finish? No, but he's, he's got, he's got to be over now. He's, he's, he could do a lot worse than just going to uh, Leeds for the second half of the season and seeing if any Prem teams fancy him from six months in the Championship, where you know he's back at his own club. Uh, he should still be a level above, even with the lack of match fitness and conditioning he's had. Because he's just not fucking played. Yeah, yeah. But he should be. Uh, I can't see many Prem cl- I mean, we're looking at one now. I mean, I could definitely see Everton taking him off City. Everton love taking a, a dosser off a big club. But so. can you just like, hang your season on If you are an Everton who's like, right, we need no. this holding player. He could, he, he's made it's, a glass anyway. He's, he's, he's not a Sean Dashwood feel. There's been anyway. times at City where you think, oh, like, it's like Sheffield United in the Cup. And I remember last year when we played Sheffield United in the, semi- in the semi-final. It's like Rodri's played like sixty matches straight. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Calvin's gonna start here, and he just doesn't. Oh, it's like a Champions League game when the group's already we've literally finished top, and he still plays Rodri ahead of me, thinking it's personal though. And then even this, literally, well, like City's squad is quite thin this year, isn't it? And you've got the free game Rodri suspension, and he's only had to see an hour at an hour of him at St James's Park to think, yeah, I just can't trust him. And we've got Arsenal next week, and there is a zero percent chance he starts.
Right, listeners, welcome back. Of course, we are here for the games portion of the pod. We've got Who Am I, then we've got A Better The Week, and then we're going to finish off with our latest game, Him Versus Him. So, lads, player number one. Hello. Clue number one. Okay, so to tell you at the start, this player is not active. He's retired. Ooh. I was born on the 4th of November, 1976, making me 46 years old. Uh, Pavel Nedved. Oh, Mario Melchior. I bet they're both about four. You know what? It is Mario Melchior. Is it? It is. <laughs> Jerry Diss, the first one. Watch, 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 watch. watch. I oh, promise God. it is. Is it Mario Melchior? Fucking I hell, swear Jim. down. Oh, <laughs> five points for Jim there. Clue number two literally was. my ex- Genuinely hasn't told me that. No, no, I believe. Yeah, the the second clue was my ex teammates include Didier Deschamps, Edwin Van der Sar, Luis Antonio Valencia, and Clash Jan Huntelaar. You know what's funny is if you read out all these what clues, I probably wouldn't have got it. Yeah, literally clue number three. I played in the Eredivisie, Premier League, League Uh, and the Qatari Stars League. However, none of my clubs have ever ever received a transfer fee for me. Yeah, I, I, still would, I still would not undo Clue number four was in 1998, I released a rap single with my ex IX teammates Benny McCarthy and Dean Gore under the group name DMB. I still wouldn't know. And, then, and then clue number five was I played for Ajax, Chelsea, Birmingham City, Stad Ren, Wigan Athletic. You might have got it on that last one. So Chelsea well done, Jim. Thanks, five points. Thanks. First nice. five pointer of the season. On a date of birth? Yeah, Fair no, play. yeah. I send him a card usually. Fair play. Okay. Player number two, again, retired. I was born on the 15th of October, 1977, making me 45 years old. No. Almost in the same year. Um, I am Dezeu. It's not I am Dezeu. Um, Steve Marbronk. Oh, it's not Steve Marbronk, <laughs> but two very random players across the years in the Premier League. Clue number two. I've played in Argentina, France, Italy, Spain... The UAE, back to Argentina, and finished my career in India. Alright, let's go again, Cook. Yeah, so. Argentina. So, he started his career in Argentina, yeah. then went over to France, yeah. then went to Italy, then Spain, then took a nice tax free trip to the UAE, mm. back to Argentina where he started his career, and then finished off in India. Oh. Argentina to France. Argentina, Italy, Argentina, France, Italy, Spain. Is that right? UAE, then Bakaji, then in India as well. Fucking hell. So never played in England. Never played in England. Well, I'm assuming they're Argentinian because he started there. Yeah, I've got a his name, not. but I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name, but I know his face. Oh, but I don't think it's him. I think he went to, I think he went from Mexico to France. Want to play for Napoli? Not Wink. <laughs> Fucking David Cavani. That's what he said. Oh, Lovetsy. Yeah, but he went up away, didn't he? Is it Lovetsy? It's not Lovetsy. I don't think, you know, because he went from Italy to... That's a good France. shout, though, because he did end up in, like, the UAE or something don't think like he's that. 45, to be fair. Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot. Um, well, he might be. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, Raquel May. Fuck it, is the only bad opinion I can think of. It's not Raquel May. Clue number three. My ex-teammates include Felipe Melo, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, John Arnarisa, and Gabriel Ainsley. So, Felipe Melo, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, John Arnarisa, and Gabriel Ainsley. Oh, God, Jim. Melo's Galatasaray and Inter. Did he say he played in Turkey? He didn't play, he's never played in Turkey. Okay, so it's Inter. It's Inter. 
Ibra could be Inter. Ibra could be PSG. Could be PSG. Hines could be PSG or Marseille. But it could also be Real Madrid. Juve or Juve. Uh, John Arnarisa and Gabriel Ainsley. Juve. I reckon John Arnarisa's probably... Well, it can't be, it can't be Liverpool. It's got to be Roma, Jim. Jim, this is in your territory of Juventus, Roma. Ooh, uh, he's not, he's not retired. This lad. I'm speaking of that story. Is it? He's not forty-six. He couldn't well be retired, though. He isn't. Oh God! Pass. Next clue. Can't think of anyone. You having a stab, Jim? Um. No, go on. We'll pass. Pass. Walter Samuel. That just came in my head. That just came in my head, Jim. Because he's played at Madrid and Juve, I think. And Inter. Right. I did think of that, but... This will put a, a big spanner in the world. A words. cat amongst the pigeons, a could old, you say? A big one. A big old cat. You could say a tiger amongst the pigeons. Wow. I've won the 1998 World Cup in Euro 2000 with France, as well as multiple league titles with Monaco and Juventus. Oh, it's David Trezeguet. Clue number five was, along with Pavel Nedved, Gianluigi Buffon, Alessandro Del Piero, and Mauro Camerinense, I, I am known as one of the five samurai... He started in Argentina? Or was that not in order? Yeah, he started in Argentina. Wow. His mum's Argentinian. I did not know that. His mum's Argentinian. That's a slag. We were off the scent. We he were, threw when, us off the when scent off the immediately. Scent, you're never getting it. Yeah. So that yeah. clue number five was, along with Nedved, Buffon, Del Piero, and Cameroon ain't it I'm known as one of the five samurai that didn't leave Juventus then when they were relegated to Serie B so what clubs did he play with so, those players Melo Juve yeah. Yeah. Ibra Juve yeah. John Arisa, Monaco I didn't know he played and Gabriel ain't say Newell's old boys wow okay didn't know he played that Right, listeners, betting app at the ready. That music can only mean one thing. It is, of course, the bet of the week. And we're starting off. It's Burnley versus Chelsea in the three o'clock. I'm going to go for a Chelsea away winning that one. Then we're headed over to Goodison Park. Everton versus Bournemouth. I'm going to go both teams to score. No draw in this one. Then we're heading off to Old Trafford. Going to go Manchester United to beat Brentford. And then last but not least in the half five, Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest. I'm going to go... Nottingham Forest double chance in this one. Wow. So just to recap the bet of the week, Chelsea to win away at Burnley, Everton Bournemouth both teams to score no draw, Man United straight win against Brentford, and then Crystal Palace versus Forest. I'm gonna go Nottingham Forest double chance. And Stan, what can listeners do with that information? They can shove it up the rackers. Right, listeners, welcome back to the pod. Just before we finish off. Our latest segment on the pod is, of course, him versus him. We've had some nice feedback about it so far. So we're going to sprinkle it in every now and then. But, lads, we're going to start well, it off. You know what? Stan's looking quite cute today. He can start. He is. Thank you. He actually he's, is. He's smelling good as well. I Am I? Yeah. They might invent um, pod versions where you can smell the podcast. Scratches. Yeah, yeah, Stan's ass. I changed my boxes. It was 1st of October, wasn't it? So I, they're only, oh. they're only uh, two days old. I love now. that first box worth of months, man. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm doing stops over. Stop changing your undies <laughs> in October. <laughs> well, I do it on the 1st of every month, so Halloween, I'm going to stink of shit. Anyway. <laughs> But first player this week on him versus him, Stan, Patrick Vieira or N'Golo Kante. Remember, the idea is who's had a better career in your, uh, what do I want to say, in your perspective? My eyes. Yeah, in your eyes. Oh, God. This is very difficult. Um, 
Uh, well, they both won a World Cup. They both won Premier Leagues. There's not a lot separating them, to be honest. Maybe uh, a big Champions League stuff. Oh, Champions League, of course. Separate. Did Vieira ever win it? I know we did in an Arsenal. Juve so. or Inter, no? Uh, Got demoted to Serie B. Wasn't one of the five samurai. Better career. In your eyes. I think it's got to be in goal, though. Right. On the basis of Champions League, which I forgot. That's the, that sets them apart. And the fact that he won a fucking Premier League with Leicester City. I think the only thing that, like I say, separates them. I think Vieira had a longer career. So, again, I think the fact that Kante was only really at the top of his game for about five or six years compared to Vieira, who was at Juve and Arsenal and AC and Inter and... Uh, what about that Leicester title win? Has Kante won a Euros? No, they got to a final. They got lost in the two. Oh, so, yeah. oh, so he has the Euros over him as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but he's not, the UCL. I'd still, say, yeah, I'd still say Champions League and the fact that Kante's career was about six years long and what, what he did in that time in terms of, is it three Premier League titles? One with Leicester, two with Chelsea, is that he right? Won, he won everything apart from the Carabao Cup at Chelsea. Yeah, uh, and he's won a World Cup and... You know, he, he was just unbelievable, wasn't it? So, again, I think I think the Champions League win and the Leicester City uh, Premier League win, probably the fact that you can say he's won the Premier League with Leicester City is back to back years with different but clubs. That's nothing against Patrick Vieira, who was obviously one of the, the best beast. midfielders in the Premier League, but so was Kante. So, Jim, um, I've yeah, I've got to say Vieira. I think when you look back on it and you think of Premier League great midfielders, I think we'll all have Vieira ranked higher than Kante. For a reason, um, longevity is quite a big one in it. Kante, like Stan said, the, it was an amazing six years, and I think at the peak of it was an unstoppable midfielder off the ball, which is is crazy. Um, almost reinvented the McAuley role, but yeah, Vieira's got a long career, and I just think he's, I do think he's just a much better player, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's quite, definitely quite, better player. Quite simply, better I, I, player. I, think, I think his career's better though as well because he got, like I say, played for. Um, huge clubs. He's, they've obviously the 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 things that they've won are very similar, but I think the impact Vieira had on his career was 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 bigger than what I can't tell. Okay, player number two, Jim. We'll stick with you. Very poetic, actually. Yes. Mario Balotelli G- versus G- versus Javier Hernandez. <sighs> Javier Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. As a as a, as a as a Balotelli lover, I mean, I know even Stan can. I'll I'll pass over to Stan to talk about. Chicharito's career he seems to be always a player that popped up for big goals for United Balotelli didn't do too many big things at City to be fair I mean apart from he had that City he played some amazing performances at 6-1 against United but then again similarly absolute stinkers I thought when he was a teenager coming from Inter to City he was going to be one of the best players in the world and I, he still plays football now I couldn't tell you where it is it's in like the sixth tier of some I don't even know what country it is like Italy maybe <laughs> so I think that just speaks volumes, don't I mean, how old is Bartelli? I mean, when Chicharito was that age, you were still in the Premier League. He must only be about 30. Um, 31. He was 18 when he signed for you, like 11 years yeah, ago. Yeah, so I, I, as much as I've enjoyed Bartelli for different reasons and being on the pitch and, and he's a character and you need him in football. Stan, you, you tell us about Chicharito. Yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got to be Chicharito. I mean, to be fair, Chicharito only had one super season at United and that was the season that um, he signed for us. He was great for us the next season as well. He, he, he was you know very important uh, supplement to, to Robin Van Persie in, in that season. Um, oh no, sorry, that, that was there was one in the middle of that as well where he, where he was good, but I think his two best seasons were, were probably the two that we won the league, his first one and then his... 
his third one. Um, so he won the Premier League twice at United. Uh, scored some really important goals in the league and in the Champions League. I remember a, a, a late winner against Everton at home, and I think he scored. Was it against? Was it against Chelsea? Chelsea, Chelsea in, the, in, in the Champions League. Oh, in the free all as well, last minute. Yeah. I think he scored a very important goal uh, against. I think I don't think it was Chelsea. Was it like Marseille or somebody? We played somebody in in the. Oh, it was Marseille. It was actually. Uh, we beat them two one at home, and, and it sent us through. And we ended up getting to the final. So, those late goals and yeah. He, he both went, scored two iconic goals that were weird. Chichu scored yeah. that one where he headed it backwards, backwards and Marseille scored a shoulder. He did. That's what I'm just thinking. He did. Yeah, he did. Um, but even outside of United, um, you know, he he did really really well at Bayer Leverkusen uh, in in the Bundesliga, which made West Ham spend a bit of money and bring him back to the Premier League, I think. And even now, uh, or recently, I don't know if he's still there, but did really well for LA Galaxy as well. So uh, I think maybe a little bit older than Balotelli, but even now he's, he's still doing it in a half-decent league uh, and, and playing every week. So, yeah, Chicharito. Player number three, yes. Stan, Gianluigi Buffon or E.K. Casillas? Gigi Buffon. Uh, Oh, you just couldn't get rid No, not Ika. 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 Yeah. Go on, a little bit wide. Um, he's won the Champions League more than once. Is this question who's had a better career? Or who's better? I thought it was better career in our eyes. Yes, whatever you like. Well, better career, career, it's, better it's, career. it's Ika. He's won Euros, World Cup Euros as captain of Spain. Back to back to back. Uh, and he's won multiple Champions Leagues and... Gigi's got a, a, a World Cup, but he's not got two Euros, I don't think yet. Well, he doesn't have one. So, And like I say, Casillas got three Champions Leagues, is it? Something like that. 2002. Was he, he might have been there for some of the, the early... The early, early tens. The Zidane volley. Yeah. Uh, so I think he won it twice in three years. Was it two, oh, 2000 oh, it won it, didn't it? 2000. It might have been 2000, 2002. And then he might have been there for maybe the 2014... Uh, one uh, win so even two two or three Champions Leagues and, and like I say captain of, of the best uh, international football side I think we've we've probably ever seen in that Spanish team over the five year span that we saw them uh, ridiculous names from one to one like South Kate's England so well yeah yeah. I mean, my father would probably say 1970s Brazil but uh, I wasn't here I was still in his uh, bollocks <laughs> so uh, yeah Ike Casillas uh, definitely better career I don't think there's any yeah, he's had a better career, but I think if you were to say a better, better player, I think it came out of your mouth instinctively, Sam. I think Gigi Buffon's a better keeper on the overall, as a, as a sole, judging on player versus player. He could have, but I think what's so impressive about Casillas is he was about six foot, which is tiny for a goalkeeper, uh, and he was one of the best in the world for probably over a decade, uh, which is mad impressive uh, at the biggest club in the world captain of, of Madrid and captain of Spain he, he, so. yeah I agree with that but Buffon was literally world class from like what 18 to 40 <laughs> which not a lot of players in world yeah. have ever done that yeah but yeah, so, but, yeah it's got to yeah. be Buffon for me yeah alright last two Jim yeah this, this one's perfect for you Ooh. Francesco Totti yes versus Raul hmm ooh you know you did these are players that you don't, you don't see loads of. Um, but Raul, Raul did a lot, like, didn't he? I mean, he was the Champions League record goal scorer for ages before yeah. Messi and Ronaldo came along. And, and, Real, bags, man. and Real Madrid's before Ronaldo came along. Yeah, 
Um, 550 appearances for Los Blancos. I'm going to say, and this could be completely wrong, but I'm going to say Totti based on the reason that I feel like Madrid tried to replace Real with Totti at one stage. That might be right. I think you are right. But yeah, maybe. Um, and I think that... They definitely tried to sign him at one point. Well, they really were. He's trying to sign everybody. I mean, Totti at one point was probably the best two or three players in the world, wasn't he? In yeah, the... I think what Totti's done, again, like, it's similar to Buffon, kind of the biggest trophies. He probably should have won more, definitely, the type of player he was, but he stayed loyal to Roma. Even when he got into his later years and he was quite slow, he was still very, very effective, wasn't he? Um, and he was never rapid. But, yeah, uh, a brilliant player and a brilliant-looking man as well. Raul wasn't he was Raul had great hair in the 90s as well lovely slip back Champions League nights but I think I think the only thing um, I mean I can't say too much about the level but obviously two great players playing for the clubs that they did for so long but um, I think Raul like you said Jim Champions League top scorer basically pre-Messi Ronaldo era Real Madrid top scorer pre-Ronaldo uh, I think the thing that Totti would have over most people in terms of career is that he was a one-club man. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would count against a lot of players, uh, bar Raul, who was also pretty much a one-club man. Now, Totti's a legend at Roma, but Raul's 100% yeah. a legend at Real. Yeah. So he enjoyed himself I, at the end of his career, Raul. He, he did, he went Schalke. He went Schalke as well. He went Schalke and did decent, got to the Champions League semi-final against United. Was that um, that Hunter team? Was that that one? It was the Neuer, Neuer Schalke team. So. No, it was the Raul Schalke team. The oh. Raul Schalke team. Yeah, so he did did a bit outside of Madrid, and I think, yeah. like I say, Totti's legendary Roma one club man status would count probably against loads of players, but I don't think he has that against Raul, yeah. who, who again had the numbers, the Champions League appearances as well, which Totti didn't one, have. One, three of them. Yeah, that Totti didn't have. So for, for me, just just, you know. Yeah, it's, it's Raul. Yeah, and then last but not least, Stan. Very nice one, I thought. I thought this was quite hard. Juan Mata mm-hmm. versus Mesa Ozil. Mesa Ozil. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's got, I think, I, oh, yeah. Mesa Ozil. Um, I think look, Juan Mata was, was brilliant, but he was only really brilliant for, for two seasons. I mean, and that was at Chelsea. And when he was brilliant, Mata, he was really good. But I don't think he's ever been the best uh, attacking midfielder in the world and I think there was a point at Ozil at Madrid uh, back when I used to watch when, when Sky used to have Revista and used to have Barca and Madrid on every week and I used to have nothing else to do no life uh, I would sit and watch all the Prem games and then sit and watch Real Madrid every week so uh, especially if it fell on times when Madrid and United were separate Champions League nights I'd watch both so yeah Ozil I watched pretty much every game for two or three years and he, he was an absolute joke of a player probably the only player that was a better attacking midfielder at the time was David Silva. Outside, yeah. outside of obviously Andres Iniesta, he was just basically everything. So in terms of that left-footed ten linking it, there was only David Silva better than him. And even at times you might argue Ozil was better in patches. So, and even yeah. when he came to the Prem, he, he probably had a higher ceiling than Matter ever did in the Premier League. So uh, yeah, I, mean, that, I was gonna link Silva. That's how I've kind of grown up. Silva one of my favorite players. There's been there was always. Always seemed like there was someone new who opposite fans would go, nice no, he's better than Silva. Because like one good year, Mata was one of them, Ozil was one of them. Luka Modric at Tottenham was one of them. Um, and I think, yeah, the only one, I think Ozil at Madrid was better than Silva um, for that period. I think what Ozil didn't help himself was the end of the Ars- 
Arsenal career, they were just better about him because he was just so lazy and he didn't play winning football, didn't he? I mean, his touch was great and I mean, he scored some amazing yeah. goals, like, like Europe, Europe, um, the Europa League, sorry, he scored that goal, didn't he? We were doing with like three players. Ludogratz, that one. Yeah, I couldn't even be Champions League, but it was a, yeah, it was. a shit team, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> but towards the end of my career at United, it was a, a very ineffective kind of like it still was towards the end there. And yeah, Mata, I think, had, it was one of them where at Chelsea, the back end of Chelsea crib before he went to United, he was incredible. He was one of the better players in the league for, for what, 18 months, two years max. Mesut Ozil has got to be. Yeah. yeah. A brilliant I think, player. I think you've got to compare the highs and I think as much as, you know, yeah. Matt is a great guy and I don't think there's any set of fans really that don't, don't like, you can ask Liverpool fans, they probably don't hate Juan Mata because I don't know how anybody can. Cause he's so inoffensive and, and yeah. seems like such a, but in terms of, of the peaks, Ozil was Arguably the best creator of his, his generation. Both won a lot. When I was doing the research for this, both World Cup both, winners. Both, yeah, look, both won a lot, but you know, Urza would have won more if he wasn't playing in an era of, of Guardiola's Barcelona. So he probably would have mopped up Champions Leagues with, with that Madrid team who were comfortably second or third best team in the world. Um, so, but even Urza's numbers, just ridiculous assists records in La Liga and, and in the Premier League. So, yeah. Both, both players, is it fair to say, just for wrapping up? Probably have a bit of a what if at the end of the career. Maybe not a what if because you've got to look at what both of them won, but um, definitely, like Jim said, uh, tainted. Well, yeah, I was thinking Ozil probably should have the assist record in the Premier League. Juan Mata should have definitely won more than he, he won at Juan level. Mata, yeah, he should. I mean, you look at when Ozil left Arsenal, it wasn't good, and you look at when Mata left United, and it was at a period when Ralph Rangnick had completely ruined United fans and uh, Matt had pretty much just disappeared out the back door to Turkey so both of them left I think, yeah, you know. I think the big what if for us was probably when did he leave Real Madrid was it not like 2013 yeah, it's on, it's on just before they started mopping up Champions yeah, League yeah, 2014 it was but that's what I'm saying it's on just when they just started mopping up Champions League like 2015 they started just really them off didn't they they, they kind of they well it was coming to the end yeah, well, Guardiola, they scored, didn't they? Well, Guardiola had left and Madrid started changing it to uh, getting Di Maria, who was obviously a lot more legs into the middle of Played the pitch. Played centre mid. That's probably what Ursula was thinking. What if I was in that team and worked from in like four Champions Leagues oh, yeah, in five years? That that long hair, thin hair band Ursula, uh, with the gold, gold stripes on the Real Madrid uh, top was a joke. So yeah, Meza. I love you, Juan, but yeah, Meza. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back listeners, unfortunately it is that time of the pod where we do have to love you and leave you but I'm going to let you know where you can find us across our various socials when we're not making pods. So if you've got Instagram, follow us on there by using the handle Cookie Podcast Network. We're available on Twitter by using the handle CookiePodNet. We're on TikTok by using the handle The Cookie Podcast and we're also on YouTube in clip format. Just type in Cookie Podcast Clips. So it's been episode 198. And that's the way the cookie crumbles.